Welcome to Christian Financial Perspectives, where you're invited to gain insight, wisdom, and knowledge about how Christians integrate their faith, life, and finances with a biblical worldview. Here's your host, Christian investment advisor, financial planner, and coach, Bob Barber. Welcome to another episode of Christian Financial Perspectives. Whether you're joining us right now online on one of our videos, or if you're listening to us on one of the many podcast sites, thank you so much. We, we know you could choose to do other things with your time, so we're glad you're here virtually with us. Bob, what do we got for today? Well, Sean, we have a, a subject that's really important to me um, because I've seen pe- people's lack of it, and mm-hmm. we're going to be talking about estate planning. Okay. And um, so before we even start today, I have 14 questions. And if we're going to get through the day, we've got to go through these questions just really quick, one after another. But before you tune out thinking, you know, estate planning, I don't need any estate planning. I just updated my will three or four years ago. We're going to have some good questions for you. So we're going to start off right into that. And we're going to get pretty deep into this subject. But I will tell you, I've seen people pass away without an estate plan many times in my career of over 35 years, 38 years, whatever it is now, it's a lot. And it's a tragic thing when someone doesn't have their estate plan in order. Now, Bob, this is something really doesn't matter until you're in your 50s, right? (laughs) Yeah. No. (laughs) Yeah, you need it right now. Exactly. Especially you, Sean, you know, with a couple uh, young children that are minors. You've got to think about all those things. Yeah. Okay. So for those listening or watching, the point in that is that just because you're not in your 50s or 60s does not mean this doesn't apply to you. And really, I would say if you're married, if you're married with kids, no matter what age you are, this is something very important to look at. It, so please don't yes, tune out. <laughs> that's right. So so in each one of these, we're actually going to say in the last three to five years, because I just want you to really think about that, Sean. Mm-hmm. And in the matter of time, I'm going to do one and then you do one. Okay, Sounds so we'll good. just go back and forth. So in the last three to five years, have you had any new children or grandchildren in your family? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I have. <laughs> in the last three to five years, do you have any new family members through marriage, like a son-in-law or a new daughter-in-law? In the last three years, have any of your children become legal adults now? Yep. That definitely makes a little bit of a change. Mm-hmm. In the last three to five years, did you obtain new assets or did you sell any? In the last three to five years, have there been any major health changes with anyone in your family? That's a good one. <clears throat> in the last three to five years, have there been any deaths or disabilities in the family? Number seven, so we're nearly halfway through. In the last three to five years, has there been a death or divorce of a spouse in the family? Mm. Number eight, in the last three to five years, have you remarried or both of you have children from your first marriage? That is a really important one. Yeah. We'll discuss that later. In the last three to five years, have you relocated to a different state? Mm. Think about that here in Texas when about half everybody lives here now is from California. Yep. <laughs> Uh, Number 10, in the last three to five years, have you bought any new real estate, especially out of your state? That's correct. So you're under the probate laws of that state. Mm -hmm. So as an example, you know, I love Colorado. If I were to buy a second home in Colorado, I'm under those laws up there. Gotcha. Okay. Which is also why that one about if you've moved to a new state, it's important too, because the the laws there may be a little different. That's correct. We're in number 11 now, Mm -hmm. right? 
Okay, go ahead. In the last three to five years, have you had any major financial changes like an inheritance or a good investment paid off? Number 12, in the last three to five years, have you started any new businesses? Number 13, in the last three to five years, have you taken out a large life insurance policy? That creates an estate right there. That's right. I mean, in a million dollar policy for somebody your age is, yeah, what, $25 a month or something? I don't know, it's cheap. <laughs> and, the, and then the last question, in the last three to five years, has any oil or gas been discovered on land you own or any mineral rights? that you might own as well. You may gotcha. not still own the land, but you may own the mineral rights. That's right. So there's 14 really good questions. And, and uh, hopefully as I was saying that, Garrett, I want you to make sure that each one of those questions goes up as we're yeah. doing that so people Should can see that. Because I will bet you that just about everyone would say, yeah, in the last three to five years, one of those things is Probably happened. one of those. And uh -huh. if you answered yes to any of those 14 questions, then you need to listen to the rest of today's episode and update your estate plan as soon as possible. So we're going to go into what an estate consists of, and basically it's everything you can think of that mm -hmm. you have control over. It's going to be your bank and savings accounts, retirement accounts, brokerage accounts, annuities, real estate, homes, vacation homes, investment properties, any kind of land, farm or ranch, mm -hmm. and just think of anything else you can think of that comes under real estate. Life insurance benefits. Yep. So like that policy. Right. Other assets like art, antiques, collectibles, automobiles, boats, precious metals, business interests. Some of guess, the boats I, I see down in Rockport what? are like a $100,000 boat. So that's oh, a yeah. big asset right there. Maybe we could throw in uh, cri cryptocurrency I, and I, uh, what's the yeah, what's I, the other fungible tokens, what do they call those again? <laughs> I can't remember them all. I know. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> and then you've got uh, NFTs. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> and then you've got royalties from oil and gas, water, et cetera. And that's all included in your estate as well. And that is something like we want to do some really good estate planning to get those those oil and gas interests or royalty interests, things like that, get that out of the estate and put that over in a, in a partnership yeah. of some sort. Okay. So the next part uh, you want to be thinking about is documents that should be part of an estate plan are, number one, a will. Yeah, Most absolutely. people probably think of that. You know, must be probated and the public can see it. That's true. And I don't like that. Right. A probate court decides the legal validity the deceased person's will of the deceased person's will right. and grants its approval, also known as granting probate to the executor. Okay, so um, I've seen some really sad cases here where I have wills have been contested. Yeah, uh, we had a client that had a lot of oil and gas interests, and and the will was contested, and it went on for eighteen months, Sean, oh, and man. it just raked the the family, you know, through the coals as the old saying would yeah. go. It was really sad. So not only that, but all the extra costs too. Mm -hmm. Right you know, when when it's not taken care of ahead of time, you know, now you have these assets of either your beneficiaries, your family. Or from the estate and, itself, and the will just being was, wasted. But the will was was contested, okay? Because yeah. it can be that. So this is what I liked about the second thing that we talk here. Now a lot of wills have a trust built into them, but another document that needs to be a part of estate plan is a trust. Mm -hmm. And you can go ahead and form that trust now, have like a living trust. And, and why is that helpful, Bob? Because it makes your assets private. They don't go through probate. Gotcha. So when you put them in trust, it's like putting it in another, you know, it's a yeah. living document that doesn't die when you die. Yeah. Right. So it's completely private and doesn't have to be probated. And there's two different kinds of trust. There's a revocable trust 
and there's a irrevocable trust. And okay. now think of that revocable, irrevocable. When you think of revocable and irrevocable, what does revocable think, say to you? Well, here's my glass of water. Now I'm going to take it back. Exactly. That's exactly <laughs> right. But if it's irrevocable, you can't take it back. Yeah. So why would you do an irrevocable trust? One of the things that, that uh, life insurance is an example of that mm-hmm. to get it completely out of your estate right. and away from there. Okay. So number three of the documents that you need is a healthcare durable power of attorney yes. that allows another person to make healthcare decisions for you if you're unable to do so. That's right. Yeah. And boy, that's somebody you really want to trust. Right. Yes. <laughs> and then along with that comes a living will that's also known as a directive to physicians. Okay. And we had we had to do this, use this with my dad who had a stroke. And mm-hmm. I knew that he was just going to be a vegetable. And we let him go be with the Lord because I knew where he was going. But Now, it, Bob, how's that? Can you explain to our viewers and listeners yes. a little bit of how is that different than from the healthcare durable power of attorneys. Is that, is that, it just goes deeper. It goes deeper. It it can be the, the healthcare power, durable power of attorneys cannot be life ending like a living will can. Mm -hmm. So the living will, like I have here provides guidance for medical treatment to be withheld, like in the case of being brain dead. So like if for for example, you're further on in years and at your age, it, it, you know, the resuscitation process may not really be worth it because of all the broken ribs and bruising and well, you know, your quality uh, well, I, of life may I, not. I really think of brain dead or in a coma. Okay. Those those two things. Okay. okay? And, and, and you know, there's been a lot of news about that. I remember about 15, 20 years ago, there was a, there was a big, big case that was well known in the media about that because the person had been in a coma mm-hmm. for three or four years and, and they wanted to let them go, but they didn't have a living will. Gotcha. Okay. okay. All right. So that so, living will allows you in your state planning to, to dictate what are the certain conditions, like if you're in a coma, you're brain dead, right. to basically say, you can let me go. That's right. Okay. So I've given that as you can imagine, in my own mm-hmm. life, I gave that to Rachel. She can make that decision, and I can make that decision for gotcha. her. Okay. If if there's a prolonged coma, yeah. you know, oxygen, no more oxygen to the brain, completely brain dead. And this is a you really know, fun topic today. Yeah, it? it is. It really yeah. is. Yeah, but very important. Yeah, it is. And 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 the last one of those uh, estate planning documents that we mentioned is um, the financial durable power of attorney. Right. Now, this one allows another person to make financial decisions if you are unable to do so. So for you, think today, who can make financial decisions in your best interest in your absence? That's right. So again, Rachel and I have each other for that. Mm-hmm. And then next in line, actually, we've, we've got your, your wife, our daughter, Jenna, that can make those decisions. Yeah. And you're a part of that, too. So that if we couldn't, you know, if we were in a major accident and we went into a coma yeah. and financial we, the, you know, things need to keep going. Yeah. So you can help us with those financial decisions and, and even pay bills for us and take And really over. think, really think about that for, for those of you listening, that it doesn't necessarily need to be your oldest child. It doesn't, it doesn't no. necessarily have to be your, one of your no, children. No, it doesn't. Not like at all. In, in my family's case, my brother is a doctor, a medical mm-hmm. doctor, mm-hmm. very smart guy, but considering I'm a financial advisor, yeah. uh, my dad has me set as the one with the financial power of attorney and, and you right. know, the executor of, of the will because that's my background. That's what I know. And right. so my brother's, as the oldest, he's like, well, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> well, and if you have three or four children, you're going to want to pick the one that is the best with finances. Yeah, find the well. one that's frugal and, and will stick to what you want, and you know they're going to make good mm-hmm. decisions. <laughs> 
so so before we we end today so we've given you a lot of information very quickly so before we end today there's there's some more questions i want to ask and then you're probably thinking by now i need to update my estate plan and if mm -hmm. you're thinking that it's probably true if it's been three to five years i'm about to update mine and and um it's been about four years, yeah. You know, since I updated mine, but yeah. a lot of things have happened, yeah, in the last change. in the last four years. I mean, the the, the new grandchildren, yeah, and we've had some assets that we've sold that were major yep. assets, yep. so in the form of real estate. So, who who do you want to inherit your property? These are some things to think about as you're putting this estate plan to we, uh, together, and what percentages do you want each heir to receive. Yeah. It's not just equal across the board. It may it has to do with how well they can handle it as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, just like when Jesus told the parable of the different servants, mm -hmm. you know, when the master was going away and they didn't all get exactly the same. And now that's funny you mentioned that because um, I believe in what's called a pre-inheritance experience. And that's where you give say $5,000 to your three children. In our case, we have three, but it may be, or four if you give them, you know, each $10,000 or $5,000 and, and go back six months and see what they did with it. Mm, so that's yeah. a pre-inheritance experience to see, did one just go spend it on junk and then another yeah. go invest it or then, and you know, yeah. maybe one invested half and went and spent the rest of it. Sure. Yeah. So different, I mean, you have three children, four children, you know, they're all going to operate differently when it comes to finances. Yeah. 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 And the second one is legal guardians. If you still have children under 18, who do you want to take care of them if both parents died at the same time? That's a tough one. Yeah. Yeah. But um, very important. How do you want your assets distributed? Do you want them distributed right away or slowly over time? Now, mm -hmm. you know, Sean, and my estate plan, even the one I have now, but I'm about to update, mm -hmm. it's still that same way. <clears throat> it, we're only actually going to distribute 3% of our estate per year. So it's yeah. going to be distributed very, very slow. Right. It would take 33 years if the estate grew to, yeah. didn't grow at all to yeah. distribute that estate so out. Basically so basically, you just you want it to to last longer. You don't want mm -hmm. it to just necessarily all go at once. And, you know, that's also really important too. Like if you say you did that pre-inheritance uh, or pre-estate pre yeah. planning type test with your with your children and one of them did very well, they were very responsible with it and the other two, not so much. Well, having it set up to where your estate is distributed slowly over time is actually to the benefit of those who, the children who wouldn't handle it as well. And you know, they, they don't just spin it all and then it's gone. We've made podcasts right here, and it's, remember we called it sudden wealth syndrome. Yep. So sudden wealth syndrome can really happen quickly, and yeah. this is why we see about 80% of inheritances spent in the first three to five years, what took yeah. mom and dad 30, 35, 40 years, 40 years <laughs> to, to save up. So. Um, think about the maturity of your heir, of your heirs, as well as the financial ability of each one. Yeah. And I've mentioned that again, most estates mm -hmm. are spent in two to three years. And the next one, number four is, is professional asset management needed for your assets at your demise? This is where you bring in a corporate trustee. And I, yeah. I this takes the pressure off. Maybe you have four children or yeah. you have even two and one is really good with finance, but the other one's not. By having a corporate trustee, it takes the pressure yeah. off that child. Yeah. And a corporate trustee has to go by the way the documents are right. written. Um, how are your present assets held? Individually, joint tenancy, limited partnerships, or set, et cetera. And this is real important for estate planning. Yeah. Uh, number six, for retirement accounts, your IRAs, 401ks, 
uh, TSP, 43B, there's a lot of different ones, yep. have all beneficiaries been updated recently? And we say recently, again, within the last few years. We see this all the time. Yeah. All the time. I mean, this is such a simple thing, but yeah. people forget to do that. Mm -hmm. So who will be the executor or trustee of your estate? This is somebody you really got to trust a lot. And yeah. it, like I say, it doesn't necessarily have to be a child. It, right. it, it could be somebody that's just really good with finances. And then the eighth one, which is the next to last, who will be the trustee and co-trustee in your absence if you have a trust? There are many advantages to having a corporate trustee, like we mentioned earlier. Yeah. And last, would you like a charity or charities to receive a percentage of your estate after you're gone? We've set ours up where 20% of our estate mm -hmm. is gonna go to a donor advised fund, yep. and then that can be distributed out how the children want it, but we set it up where it's a Christian charities donor, for ministries. Right. Yep. And we set it up with a Christian organization so that it can't go to support something like Planned Parenthood that gotcha. we do not believe in. So, you know, just think about the church you've attended for many years or ministry that you love and support like my wife and I we love focus on the family we love compassion international yeah. and those are things that we want to continue to have support so it all boils down to this and we've given you a lot of information today is it time to update your estate plan yes and I have a feeling it is for most people you need to update that every three to five years and if the answer is yes to that we want you to give us a call at 830-609-6986 or visit us on our website at christianfinancialadvisors.com to see how our team here may be able to help you and get you in contact with a local Christian attorney that can help you out. And that's through our affiliation with the Christian Kingdom Advisors. Right. We did a whole and program with Kingdom Advisors, yep. and we know a lot of Christian attorneys, and right. we have an attorney that we work with directly that's also a financial representative that's with right. our company that's that can right. help you if you're in the state of Texas or California. I know he's licensed there, too. Yep. That's All right. right. Thank you so much for being here with us today. God bless, and until next time. We invite you to listen to all of our past episodes covering many financial topics from a Christian perspective. To make sure you don't miss any of Bob's upcoming episodes, you can subscribe to Christian Financial Perspectives on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or Amazon Music. To learn more about integrating your faith with your finances, visit ChristianFinancialAdvisors.com or call 830-609-6986. Investment advisory services offered through Christian Investment Advisors, Inc., DBA Christian Financial Advisors, also known as Christian Financial Advisors Management Group, a registered investment advisor. Comments from today's show are for informational purposes only and not to be considered investment advice or recommendations to buy or sell any company that may have been mentioned or discussed. The opinions expressed are solely those of the host, Bob Barber, and his guests. Bob does not provide tax advice and encourages you to seek guidance from a tax professional. While Christian Investment Advisors believes the information to be accurate and reliable, we do not claim or have responsibility for its completeness, accuracy, or reliability.